All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. We're doing a two-man system here today. Uh, Armin is taking a, an earned day off here with, uh, obviously, with having a newborn in there. We knew this is going to be probably a likely situation here in the next couple of weeks here, obviously, trying to support uh, not only his baby, but his wife as well in this situation for their family. So it's just myself and Zach here recording Monday. Uh, with about seven minutes left in the Monday nighter, which has been an absolute crazy one tonight. But uh, we'll say hello to Zach there, and then we'll get things going. So, Zach, uh, before we get going here, how's um, how was the first week of football? I guess of your own football, and, and how's your fantasy team treating you so far? Oh, uh, well, I'll start with uh, school football. Uh, it's been good. It's been nice having uh, something to look forward to after school and being out there with the kids. On uh, on Thursday, we traveled down to Mosaic for a little jamboree with a few other schools, and that was that was fun. Uh, just a little scrimmage type action there, but being down there on the field with the kids that was pretty fun. Uh, some of them had never been to that stadium yet, so it's pretty neat seeing their reactions. Uh, fantasy teams so far so good. I think I'm going to take two losses, and unfortunately, one of them happens to be to you. So. Yeah, but you spanked me in another one, so. Yeah, well, that one, that one's whatever, but the dynasty, that's where, that's where the money's at. Yeah, building, building my own dynasty, I think, with that team, it seems like. Um, I mean, it's, first of all, it feels so good to have football back. I'm just going to put that out there. It sucks to not be able to be coaching, obviously, that's one, I think I mentioned that last pod, but just being able to watch and sit in the garage and tinker time in the garage as I call it where it's just like putter work stuff I've been putting off you put the game on in the garage and work away it's been awesome um I don't man so first of all Terry's betting corner I've been doing a little bit of betting on my own and I put a five bet parlay down 20 bucks or 25 bucks for a 500 payout um on some prop bets the only one I missed was getting uh, Lamar Jackson 23.1 points and he got like 21.9 points for a $500 payout. So that was a real kick in the nuts, but fantasy teams have been doing all right. Um, a couple losses, but a couple big W's like you mentioned there. And that's just kind of how things go, I guess, when you're in a few leagues. So no, not too many complaints there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just, when you have as many leagues as you and I have, there's bound to be times where you're like, all right, let's have a big game, but not too big of a game because <laughs> you got a big catch. It's like, yes. Then you look at your phone no i have him in one <laughs> yeah. league but i'm playing against him in two like it's just oh yeah that's that's fantasy football man it's unbelievable um before we get started here man okay let's talk a couple games here how big of a week or i guess bad of a week did the kickers have like that first of all that cincinnati pittsburgh one was just in themselves was horrendous but I, I, I think, what was it? I think something like a record of like 14 missed field goals or something like that. This It had, to, it felt like more. I got to double check that number, but it was, it was insane. I didn't know about that, uh, the 14 miss uh, record there, but yeah, watching that, the end of that uh, Pittsburgh Cincinnati game was, it was almost like comical towards the end where you just like nothing you can do but laugh. But uh, I wanted to talk about, uh, so Harrison Butker, kicker for the chiefs yeah that was goes wild. down and instead of turning to townsend the punter they're just like we got the safety in the back how about we put the safety out here like i know it's it's different punting and kicking i know it's not apples for apples but that's got to be like apples for grapples like they gotta be <laughs> sharing some dna there right like like his first sure. one, though, he put it straight through the upright second yeah, and then one the second one was a mile and a half left <laughs> Like, for sure, the punter has to have more experience than the safety. Then Butker's like, okay, I'm going back in here. And he hits that, was a 57-yarder on one step. Like, he didn't take his regular approach. Like, a one-step approach, he nails a 57. The Charlie Brown kick. Just, oh, look at this guy go. And then it's just like, the special teams coach was just like, holy crap. <laughs> the announcer's going to believe it. Now you one-step that. Put the safety back in. It's more entertaining. Yeah, no kept kidding. That game tighter. Um, before we get things going here, I guess, um, obviously we mentioned no arm in this week, but we had the idea in our charity league. The only problem with this is we record on the Mondays, but the worst performing team have to come read off their, their rosters in the, uh, 
on the podcast. I'm really not opposed to the idea, but we'd have to start recording on the Tuesdays, which just doesn't quite fit our schedules. But we got to figure out a way here. If you're listening at home, you'll have to let us know what you think we'll have to do to try and publicly shape. Last year, we were pumping up teams and introducing every roster. Well, no. And this year, we're just going to absolutely cut people down in this charity league. Did you see it's been making its rounds on social media where there was a guy that had, or a person rather, that had like Prescott, C.D. Lamb, uh, like Elijah Alan Mitchell, Robinson, like Alan Elijah Robinson, Mitchell kind of thing. I think Najee as well. Like he had what I would consider to be a pretty dang good team going into week one and had like 36 combined points. That's got to be one of the worst performances ever. But like never... looking at it, like on the surface without the scores, you're like this yeah. team's like not not terrible. I've seen like in our dynasty, I've seen somebody put up 40 points and it's like, okay, your team was just bad. Like that. Yeah, I would exactly. Nothing like, less. Not like oh, you have five just, first round picks. Like I just pulled it up here. So QB was Prescott. Uh, running backs were Harrison Mitchell. Uh, receivers were Robinson and Higgins. Uh, tight end was Pitts. Flex was Lamb. Uh, defense special team was Philly. And uh, kicker was Hopkins combined for 36 and a half. Like, that's a good roster. That's a really good roster. I'd be pretty happy if I had that roster. Yeah, that's that's the team panic right there. Like, just shredder down to the bones, pure panic, tilt mode, week two start fresh. <laughs> yeah. And he lost both his running backs, too. We'll talk about that inside his headliners, but my goodness, does that suck. Yeah, just dump the fab on somebody. Yeah, last year's Elijah Mitchell. This year's get rid of Elijah Mitchell, it feels like, but... Uh, we'll get things started here. We've got the 22 fresh quick question of the week, week number two. This week's question is, who is a player you would target in a trade after they had a down week one? So it seemed like this was just a bizarre start to the year. We had a lot of players that were top, like three rounds draft capital that just struggle bust big time. Um, so which opens up a window that there might be some managers out there that are on tilt and that are on concern, kind of like we were talking about this last roster there with just nine guys that just completely underperformed. But who are somebody that we want to go after that we might be able to create a buy low window at this point? And um, I got a couple, but the one that jumps out to me the most is Mike Williams uh, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, one, he's a my guy. Uh, so that really sucks that he had a tough week one. Uh, he ended up getting four targets, only two receptions, and uh, he had a really tough week. But for a lot of the same reasons why I would go trade for him, a lot of the same reasons I talked about in the My Guy episode. So I'm not going to repeat too much. But now we're adding things to the piece of the uh, and adding another piece of the puzzle to why Mike Williams should have another big week is because Keenan Allen left partway through. I believe it was the second quarter, maybe it was the third quarter. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was running a route, pulled up with his hamstring, and that was the end of that. And he's getting an MRI done, and his hamstring is in rough shape. So he. He could be out for an extended part of time, and for them to compete, they need to throw the ball. Uh, obviously, Herbert had himself quite the game. Uh, Mike Williams was not a piece of that puzzle, unfortunately, this past week, but that just happens with a player that's got that type of volatility. Uh, but they're playing Kansas City next and this Thursday. So if there's any question whether Mike Williams is going to be wide receiver one, it's almost a guarantee because there's no way Keenan Allen is going to have this hamstring ready to go by Thursday, a five-day turnaround. So um, I'd be I'd be maybe uh, trying to message the owner of Mike Williams a really bad week. I think it was like 2.1 points or something like that. And just, you know, maybe do a package deal and try and buy a low on him and, and try and reap the rewards of him moving forward. So that's somebody that I'd be very interested in trying to buy low this week. Zach, who's somebody that you are going to be trying to send some offers for? I think I might be interested in trying to get my hands on on Zeke Elliott or or maybe even Tony Pollard, but probably more so Elliott. Um, just because, well, obviously, uh, if you keep up to date, you know that uh, Prescott's looking at being out for anywhere from two to three months, it looks like. Or rather, pardon me, uh, a month weeks, to two yeah. months. Yeah, a month to two months. Um, so going to be missing a chunk of our uh, regular season. And uh, I don't think Cooper Rush is exactly the, the answer at the quarterback there or who they want to be leading their offense. So I think they may lean more on the ground game. And after Zeke's poor week one, where he put up uh, 
really poor numbers. He came in at running back 45 on the week with 5.4 points. Uh, and only two more season, snaps than Tony Pollard. And all offseason, uh, I think a, a lot of like the hive brain, the uh, Twitter community was really pumping up the tires of Pollard and, and almost undervaluing Zeke. So the owner might be undervaluing Zeke uh, before this week and then after his poor performance this week, undervaluing him more. So maybe a chance for you to buy really low on somebody that still has that high-end RB2 potential. This this might be a hot take in itself, but I bet you if you message the Pollard owner and you Pollard message the Zeke owner, the Pollard owner might be asking more than the Zeke owner just because there's still that buzz around Pollard. But just this adding to the negativity of Zeke, you, you might be able to get Zeke cheaper than you could get Pollard at this point, especially with Zeke only out-snapping Pollard by two snaps and Pollard out-performing him, essentially. Yeah, like that's – it sounds crazy, but that might be the case. Yeah. Um, another one I want to talk about here too, but I'm going to mention him in my, I'm going to hold off because I have him in my dud of the week. Uh, but I want to hear your two cents on this one because I know you're quite high on this player. But uh, we'll get uh, insiders and headliners going, and we'll we'll continue on the mosey way of this uh, of this episode here. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. All right. The big one. I mean, there's there seem seemingly a lot of injuries here to some big name players, but this is the worst one. Um, I know you and Armin were a little bit down on this offense already when we talked about who's going to win the division. Uh, but now it's it's bad news, Bears, and Zach mentioned it. Dak Prescott um, is going to be undergoing surgery to repair a fraction, fractured thumb uh, on his throwing hand after he made contact with the defender late in the fourth quarter in the Sunday night football game. Uh, so like Zach had mentioned, six to eight weeks, Dak is out. This is not great news because we witnessed something very similar with Russell Wilson last year. He came back a little bit earlier than anticipated, and he was awful to finish the year last year. So even if Dak comes back in that timeline, there's no guarantee he's going to be good. Um, but I mean, obviously this is bad news for Dak, but let's just talk Dallas in general. Um, I know personally, I was holding on to Gallup in my IR and hoping I found an absolute hidden gem coming in like maybe week two, week three, week four, whenever it might be, he avoided the pup, but that might be a hidden gem for wide receiver two in that offense. Uh, this is really bad news for CD Lamb. Like I'm talking about me holding Gallup, but I got him like a 14th round or 13th round or whatever. People who got CD, you were drafting somewhere between the probably second and third round. Like this is, I would say panic alarms are going off if I'm the, if I'm the CD owner. Um, but I, I want to hear your thoughts there, Zach. I know we've seen some guys do okay with backup quarterbacks, but if <laughs> that was a tough football game to watch last night, that Dallas and uh, Tampa Bay game, neither offense were lights out by any stretch of the imagination, but that, especially that Dallas offense was, was difficult to watch. Yeah, I think it, I think it might really impact maybe Lamb more so than a guy like Dalton Schultz. I think yeah. somebody like Schultz is going to work the, the underneath routes, uh, short passing game, uh, get the ball up quick. Uh, I, I don't think it's complete panic yet on lab. Um, you're probably not going to see the big weeks, like the 30-point weeks, but I also don't think you're going to see weeks where he's completely shut out. Um like they still have to pass the ball. And, and right now, who do they have? Like Nobody. Noah Brown. Yeah. And he got uh, like 12 targets. Like they got Noah Brown. They got Tolbert. Um, I know they signed James Washington. Uh, I know he got hurt. No idea what he's out for. Yeah. His, his is close to season ending as, as it is. Yeah. So like they got to rely on somebody and you might as well rely on one of the best receivers in the game. Here's a question. Which side of the fence are you on? Buying CD low or trying to sell CD for as much as you can get him for? Um, well, if I'm in a dynasty, I'm not moving him unless I I'm, get I'm, I'm probably more thinking redraft. Away. Yeah, dynasty, right. you just got to redraft. Your wounds, I think. But redraft, what are you going to do? If you try and try and get some scraps for him or would you be buying low? Which, which side of the fence are you closer to? 
I think they're they're just completely different questions. Like, I might send out some feelers and try to buy low on them, but then if I have them and I have them in a couple, I'm also not going to sell them for for pennies on the dollar. Like, if I'm going to sell them, I I still want like a at least like a a serviceable wide receiver too. So, say for example, let's go with um, Christian Kirk. I think Kirk's more of like a wide receiver three for me. So you'd be just willing to see what you can get with Lamb and hope that maybe they trade for Garoppolo. Or, yeah, or like if, if, or, if Kirk's the best that somebody offers me, I'm probably just going to wait and see. But if somebody offered me, I don't know, like, a, like Almond Ross St. Brown, you might have my interest. Yeah, that whole I, – I would much rather have St. Brown personally, but that's – I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a tough one. Cause that's where one where you want to see in talent plays out. And I mean, golf's not the most elite quarterback in the world either. It's not like he's got a great quarterback situation, but yeah, I'd be, that's an interesting conversation right in itself right there. I have to put that one on Instagram and see what kind of feedback we get. A um, couple more injuries here, two hamstrings back to back. Keenan Allen, we talked about that one. He's getting an MRI. So we'll know a little bit more about that in the days to come. Then Chris Godwin left with a hamstring injury as well, too. And this is bad news for him. He's been battling injuries rather consistently. He actually came back earlier than his timeline was expecting. I think a lot of us were surprised that he was actually starting in week one, uh, dipped down to try and catch the ball. And uh, there goes the hamstring. So this one, this one, I think I'd be more concerned about this one than Keenan Allen because he had the injury and re-aggravated the injury. Yes, Keenan Allen's dealt with hamstring injuries before, but he didn't deal with one going into the season. Um, and this one, this one, I think is bad news. I think this is no good. Um, if anything, maybe this means really good news for Julio Jones. But if I'm a, if I'm a Godwin owner, I'm going to be a little bit concerned. I think here. Do you do you agree with that sentiment, Zach? Yeah. How can you not be concerned? Like any injury is not good news, but to re-aggravate an injury, a pre-existing injury, that's you know, injury or insult on top of injury. Yeah. No injury is a good injury, but maybe this is a good injury for Mac Jones. There was some concern that maybe he had uh, a fracture or something was broken in his back. Uh, maybe like a hairline fracture, I think, was kind of the concern for him. Uh, but it looks like he's just battling with some serious back spasms. I mean, still not good, but obviously in the consideration of what he could have had, this is good news. Uh, but maybe I'll let you take the take the conversation for this one because that was a very disorientated offense against the Miami Dolphins. And now QB1 having some health concerns. Um, are, are some red, red, red alarms going off in the head there, Zach? Or do you think um, they'll kind of figure this one out moving forward? I mean, I'm not surprised that he had hurt his back being like the only competent player on that offense having to carry them. <laughs> like this poor guy. Like he's at the line of scrimmage, making calls, doing checks, and then snaps the ball and he just gets blindsided by a free hitter off the edge. Like at least put your hand out to stop him at the tackle. Like all these smokes, like Trent Brown, you're, you're seven foot six for God's sakes, like six, seven, really. But he's a mammoth of a man. Like just put your arm out. Yeah. Well, welcome to Owen one with the lions, Zach. We're off to a hot start. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple more injuries here. Elijah Mitchell running back knee injury. This one was, he was out. He left and he was marked out immediately. So there was concern that this is going to be a serious injury and it does look like it is going to be pretty serious. He's expected to be out for probably a minimum of two months. I'd lean towards with a pretty serious MCL sprain. Uh, that two months, I think, is pretty generous timeline with a, a significant MCL sprain that he has. It's good news. Obviously, there's no tear that he's not going to be out for the year. Um, but for a pretty volatile backfield like San Francisco has, this is not good news for Mitchell. Uh, or people that had to use that fourth, fifth round uh, draft capital to take him. Uh, so I would be obviously very concerned there. Now it's going to be playing the game of who do you pick up on the waiver wire? Obviously, um, Jeff Wilson was the first one out of the backfield, but I think their third round draft pick was a healthy scratch or not, did not dress or whatever you call it. Uh, so that's the names like, I think it's Traylon Price or something like that or something Price. Uh, so that's a name that could be considered. Uh, but we've always said that you want the running back for the San Francisco 49ers. So I imagine just like last year, there's going to be a lot of fab spent on a 49er backfield uh, member. But if which one, if you had to spend a little bit of money on Zach, which one are you going to put your fab on? Well, we saw Jeff Wilson get the 
get the not the start but get the he was active over the rookie um so i think that tells us at least a little bit right there and he seemed to look fine uh on what may be one of the worst playing fields i've ever seen in my life yeah that was uh, bizarre yeah like i was t- i was telling uh my wife that like this was like remis- reminiscent of that time that uh when you and i were at saint mary's and it snowed like crazy the uh that one like the day before Thanksgiving that one year. And we're trying to like, scrape it. Yeah. Like it was that kind of weather where it was just like, how the heck are we going to possibly play football on this? We're supposed to play the Thursday night or we played the Friday at 10 o'clock in Saskatoon. So we ended up giving up our home game and playing a 10 a.m. game in, in Saskatoon on a Friday. That was still one of my favorite memories. Like not only do we beat the brakes off of Hardy, um, like it was also just like full day, wake up, hop on the bus, play football. And then professional coaches, it felt like. Yeah. And then I think I actually drove that day. So I just stayed in Saskatoon for the weekend. Yeah. I kept, kept going right to Calgary right from there. It was awesome. I mean, don't say that too loud. I might get myself in trouble, but hey, it was five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, it was awesome. And it was, I remember too, it was just a lot of like pettiness too, because it was our home game. They wouldn't give us the home bench. So everybody was just mad and it was like, well, now let's just run them and yeah. Like we ever tell the backups you're not going in even if we're up 40 <laughs> it's like in hockey when you tell the kids yeah you gotta pass the puck three times before you score i was like no no we're just burying these guys oh, that was awesome um a couple more injuries and we're gonna move forward here t higgins concussion uh didn't look good he left the game immediately so that's something that you're gonna have to monitor obviously in your start sit decisions as we move forward he does have a decent little matchup but uh I would be concerned, obviously, just coming off the concussion there in the timelines. And then Najee Harris, this one's bizarre because if you watch the play, it looked like he had a serious ankle injury. He was in a significant amount of pain, did not return, but then they just did a bunch of x-rays and MRIs and stuff, and he came back negative. So they're expecting that there's a likelihood he could play this week, which is like incredibly, excuse me, incredibly surprising. Um, I I don't think he plays. If he does, I don't think he's going to be effective, but this is just such a bizarre situation. Um, like he was in pain, screaming, pounding the ground. And it's like, no, you're back next week. So something to monitor as well, too. Obviously, that was a high draft pick player. Um, there's gonna be some fab, I imagine, spent on that set on his second string there. Now, with the with the comments that he can be playing this upcoming week, I think maybe it's not gonna be as severe as it was in the past, but something to monitor as well. I think something that we fail to think about maybe in situations like that is like these guys they they get hurt they hear something that they're not used to hearing they feel something that they're not used to hearing or feeling and then it's just like instantly like worst case scenario yeah like just the panic sets in it's like oh no i'm gonna miss a year uh, i'm gonna miss games right money miss game checks money yeah you push pushing so, for your second your second check kind of thing or your yeah exactly and like you don't know like it could be like a, a serious one that you never come back from fully. So they probably think the worst, like mind you, like I've never suffered like a serious injury in sports ever. Um, so I don't know the feelings, but I would imagine there's gotta be a lot of anxiety, I guess, in the moment. Yeah. I mean, the motion just get the best of you kind of thing. Yeah. Let's just hope that's what it was. Cause it looked ugly. I'm uh, talking about looking ugly. You won't look ugly if you're wearing that uh, 22 fresh gear. Uh, that was a pretty bad transition, but I'll take what I can get. Um, I was wearing my 22 fresh bunny hug the other day. And I'll, I, I say all the time, it's incredibly comfortable. I actually got this one a little bit bigger than I usually do. So it's kind of my comfy lounging around hoodie. And uh, it's, it's unbelievable. If you don't have 22 fresh gear, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. And what better way of getting yourself into your very first 22 fresh apparel than getting 15% off on checkout. Uh, when you go to 22fresh.com uh, or if you go into locations, if you use the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast discount code, that's 306FFB15, you'll get 15% off on your next purchase. I've already talked about the fall line coming out. Uh, they've even had a couple deals out recently. I noticed on the website, um, I got my hoodie and I had my hat. That was our Big things we got from the podcast, uh, all of us, all of us uh, podcast guys, and uh, we're, we're very happy with it. I wear my 22 fresh hat probably almost too often. I'm starting to wear it out a little bit. Some sweat stains in there on those hot September days, so I might have to go pick one another one of them up too, but you won't be disappointed if you're in 22 fresh gear, and what better way to, 
to get pick up some of that merchandise than getting 15% off. So don't forget to get that 15% off on checkout, 306 FFB15. Thank you very much, 22 Fresh, for being our major sponsor of the 2022 NFL season. All right, insiders and headliners finally over. It seemed like a long one, but uh, we'll go with our studs and duds, a weekly recap here of some players that were really good and some players that were the exact opposite. And then we'll transition into our week number two. So uh, I'll start with my stud and my goodness, am I happy this guy's back to look in rookie form because I traded quite a bit to get him this off season, um, set my team up for uh, hopefully another championship run. That's Saquon Barkley, and my goodness, did he look good. I was, I was a little nervous there because uh, the Giants came off to a little, little bit of a slow start against Tennessee, but then mounted he turned absolutely the Jets on uh, with 18 carries. Uh, I mean, if you, I don't, you looked at JT's carries, he ended up getting like 33 carries, which is absolutely insane. But Saquon getting this done on 18 carries, 164 yards and one tutty, and then also getting six receptions for another 30 yards, which is a nice little bonus uh, bonus points there to take home on top of that incredible rushing day. So I'm happy Saquon's back and he was RB one on the week. It doesn't look like anybody in today's game is going to surpass that. I think the only player that surpassed him so far other than a quarterback is, uh, is Justin Jefferson. So uh, Saquon Barkley, super pumped to have him back. I was a bit of a gamble for those of you that got him in the third round, but it looks like it paid off and I'm super happy to have him back on the old dynasty squad. Zach. Who's your uh, stud of the week? This was the one I wanted to make it. I'll be honest. I really wanted to make this, but I couldn't go too homerish, you know? So you guys may have guessed by now uh, with that little intro from, from Jordan. Uh, <laughs> my stud is DeAndre Swift, uh, proud owner of 23 and a half, uh, half point PPR points, uh, 15 attempts, 144 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And then, three receptions for 31 yards through the air and it could have been a lot better he had two touchdowns vultured by uh williams there in detroit so uh it looks like they're they're making sure he gets involved in the game both on the ground and through the air and even if williams is taking the occasional goal line touchdown away um i think we're going to see a lot more weeks like this than, than not. Like, I think this is maybe not the, the usual, but it'll be around that 18 to 20 points quite often. I hope he looked good. Like first carries like 55 yards. It was like, Oh yeah. Swift's looking good. He moses all the way to the one yard line and Jamal punches it in twice from the one yard line. It was just so frustrating to be a Swift owner, but man, did he look good? That's like when you're playing like those, I, I don't know, like, halo or whatever and like you pump that guy full with like bullets or damage and then like somebody else gets that kill at the very end and they get all the points yeah that's what that is like swift oh, takes care goodness. of the business the broncos kicked the field goal seattle called the timeout he missed it then the broncos guy kicks it again hits the goal post with 15 seconds left um that's got to be one of the best sounds in football. As yeah, long as it's not your team. My as long goodness. as it's not your team when the uh, when the ball hits the goalpost. And there was, man, like there was like four or five donkers this week. Oh, no, sorry. I don't know if it hit. I think it was just straight up wide. From the other angle, it looked like it was a donker. But it's still unbelievable that Seattle took this one at home. If you were a better at you, I think you just won a lot of freaking money on this one. Um, Armin's. Armin Stud was Justin Jefferson. I don't think we have to talk too much about him. He was, yeah, if you're, if you're playing against Je Jefferson, you might want to cover him. He looked pretty freaking good. Um, my dud of the week, and I preface this by saying you might want to go trade for this guy. Um, he was covered by Akuda, who had a really good offseason, and he actually looked really good in this game. Uh, it's Devonta Smith, who put up a goose, and this one hurts because they put up 35 points or 34 points there. Maybe I can't remember exactly what I think it's 34, 31. I think the final score was, but you got four targets, zero reception, zero points. So if he was in your, in your team, this one hurts a lot, but a goose sticks with a manager for a long time. So this might be a little bit of actual like urgency to trade after putting up a zero. And uh, the, the, the running game was in, in fast motion for, for Philadelphia. The lions are, don't have the greatest run defense. But he still had 18 
of uh, 18 of 32 completion for a completion or for a target rate of was like 12.8. So every like 12.8 targets went to Devonta Smith. So he didn't actually throw the ball that much and the completion rate wasn't that great. Uh, so Devonta Smith is a guy that I would be willing to go after. Um, they had this game kind of in the bag for a lot. There's a lot of garbage time points put up by the Lions, but uh, Devonta Smith is an elite player and a, a goose is very surprising. And I can't imagine something like this happens to him again. So even though he was a dud of the week, it is somebody that I would be interested in, in pursuing in a trade uh, possibly. Zach, I know you got, you're the recipient of the dud. Do you have the same, the same, uh, same sentiment or are you a little bit more concerned? Yeah. I don't think there's any reason, uh, to sell Luanum right now, unless you're trading to me, in which case, please sell low. <laughs> I will take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, this is a uh, still somebody that I think we both agree is a ascending talent in the league and uh, tied to a very dynamic quarterback, maybe not a very accomplished passer, but a very dynamic quarterback and an offense that looks like it's going to be putting up some points throughout the season so uh, I'm sure he'll get his just uh, yesterday or Sunday wasn't his day who's your dud Zach uh, I picked uh, everybody's f- favorite flash in the pan uh, <laughs> Damian Pierce running back for the Texans uh, had a shade under four points with 3.9 uh, 11 attempts for 33 yards and one reception for six yards um, if this was, I don't know, three or four months ago and he had that stat line, you would just kind of shrug your shoulders and say, okay, like that's, you know, third, fourth round rookies, first game in the NFL. It's not bad, but to see how high he's climbed in drafts and to see how early he's been going in drafts in, in August and in early September, uh, to have that kind of production week one. Um, after all that hype, it's a little surprising to say the least. Absolutely. Especially when they were like basically handing him, handing him the keys to the city for the RB one in that spot. But my goodness, I can't believe Seattle actually won this game. I'm just watching this post-conference, man. That sucks for Russ. Unbelievable. Homecoming. He just got dusted. That sucks. Um, Armin's was Kadarius Tony and oh man, that was frustrating because he, he looked good and they just refused to use him. So I don't know if there's some off-field nonsense going on with him because they need receivers in a bad way, and he looks so good. Like Rondale – or not Rondale, Rob, uh, Wandale Robinson, is that his name? Yeah. Second round. He got injured in that game too, so it's like they need receivers so bad, and they just won't use them. I just don't understand, but conversation for another day. There's a lot of studs. Um, Pat Fryermuth, go trade him for him, man. Like 10, 10 targets he got. So like I'd be going to trade for Firemuth. Uh, CEH had a good day. Patterson, another one. Carson Wentz, what the heck? He had a good day. Devin Duvernay, I, t- I talked about him as a possible waiver wire stud on the last episode. Holy, did I hit that one on the nail? I had two touchdowns for like a hundred and some yards. Like, okay, I'll take that. Um, but some stinky ones too. Cole Komet, that was a goose. That one sucks. Um, Allen Robinson, Alvin Kamara, that one's a little bit concerning. Cam Akers, a goose. CD Lamb, not great. Mike Williams, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow somehow had a terrible day and a great day. Like, I think he was like QB six on the week, but still had five turnovers. So, explain so that. Much better. Yeah, it's yikes. Um, but moving into our week number two, our weekly preview. Um, last week, I don't know, Zach, do you want to just kind of rouse over your starts and how they went a little bit or? And then sure, we'll yeah. for week two. Yeah, sure. Uh, my start this week was, uh, or rather for week one was Jalen Waddle against the Patriots. And while he didn't have the, I guess, as many receptions as I anticipated, only having five for 69 yards, he did have a, a score in that game, which boosted him up, up to 15.7 fantasy points. So nothing to, nothing to frown at very solid week for who's somebody that's probably your wide receiver too. Uh, and then what about your sit? Uh, my sit was Cam Akers and uh, I feel like I got this one right guys. Um, <laughs> three rush attempts for where no yards and zilch in the uh, fantasy realm. So that's about as perfect of a sit decision as you can get <laughs> round four draft pick. Go sit them. <laughs> 
yeah. back the genius. Uh, I had Rondell Moore as my start of the week, and it was looking like that was going to be an absolute genius play. And then he ends up like rolling his ankle or something. I don't know. He got injured in practice. So then he was out. And I said, you know, if he's out, maybe start AJ Green as a sneaky, like, I need like a last minute decision. Um, AJ Green's dead to me. 2.3 points. Uh, yeah, he looked terrible. Like that Whalen or what, whatever his name, like, oh, in a shootout. And he could just, yeah, that was a tough one. I, I thought Rondell Moore was one of the sneakiest starts, but then as soon as he got hurt, it was like, this is, this is going to be bad. And then I said to sit Devin Singletary. Uh, he looked actually really, really good. The stats don't agree. He had eight carries for 48 yards, but he looked super good. And it was, if you're a Singletary owner, I'd be so mad because he looked good. And then they take him off the field for Zach Moss. And then Zach Moss looked so bad. So if I was a Singletary owner, I'd be just absolutely frustrated, but I wouldn't be looking to move on from by any stretch of me because he actually did look very, very good in that Thursday nighter. So, all right. So obviously with no Armin today, uh, we don't have an Armin's full stream ahead. So maybe I, I'm going to throw a name out there, Zach. And maybe if you like this one, we'll just tip the hat and we'll continue on. But if, or if you have another name that you might be as a sneaky ad to, but, I don't want to say this one with a lot of confidence because it scares me a little bit, but man, Carson Wentz, like I think Carson Wentz is actually a sneaky ad this week. They're, they're playing the lions who just got absolutely dunked on by Philadelphia with so many points and he didn't look bad. I think he was QB three or QB four, maybe on the week. So I don't think it's the worst ad and he's got to be on a ton of waiver wires. So if you're like the DAC manager and you're like just scrounging, um, I, I wouldn't be opposed from even looking at, um, oh, what's his name in Atlanta there, Mariota, but they do play the Rams this week. So that might be like, uh, if he looks good again, then Adam in week three, but, um, I, I think Carson Wentz is a sneaky ad. Do you agree? Or is there somebody else that you might be going after? No, I think, uh, that's a, that's a great ad, um, four touchdowns and two INTs for, for Wentz. So, um, maybe sharpens a few things up and uh able to avoid those turn turnovers uh and you know has an even better week qb3 on the week um somebody that i was going to suggest was uh daddy long neck himself davis mills yeah. with the texans going going up against the broncos uh we just saw geno smith move the ball on the broncos pretty easily um so Mills is somebody that does have um, some sneaky weapons, I think. Uh, some weapons that people might not fully appreciate. Um, so I might be interested in seeing what Davis Mills can do. Um, I think I have him as QB3 in a few super flex leagues. So not that I want to start him, but be interested in keeping my eye on him. Well, yeah, and if you're a DAC owner, you might be kind of put into a corner to, to do it, right? And I'm looking at Seattle versus 49ers like 49ers defense was kind of like it's hard to tell because of the the rain game so it's like maybe the 49ers aren't bad but Geno Smith didn't look terrible in this game either and uh, he had a lot of design runs he found the tight ends quite a bit and not that he had the most like unbelievable week but he's a name that might be worth watching too because he's got he's got a lot of offensive weapons that we liked last year for us you know he's got DK he's got Lockett he's got uh, a couple decent tight ends. He's got um, some running backs that actually look pretty darn good this week too. Like Rashad Penny looked good. Um, so he might be a name that might be a sneaky little addition come down to, you know, if he has another good week against the 49ers, that's two decent defenses. Then maybe we're jumping on board with him too, but don't panic. If you're the, if you're the DAC manager, I know it sucks, but don't be panicking. There's other options out there. Don't, don't throw the week, don't throw the week away or the year away just because you lost your, your quarterback. There's lots of options out there. So um starts of the week um do you want to go first here zach with your start of the week yeah so my start of the week is uh somebody that we mentioned offhandedly at the beginning of the episode it is christian kirk against the indianapolis colts uh kirk had 12 targets this week um for the jaguars if it wasn't apparent before i think it is apparent now he is the wide receiver one there in Jacksonville. Uh, Lawrence seems to love him. Uh, was peppered with targets in the preseason. That's only continued now into the regular season. 
And uh, he's somebody that I will be starting in the the one league that I have him. Uh, my my start of the week is going to be this. <laughs> this one feels like a slam dunk, especially after such a big week he had this week. Um, especially when uh, Cleveland gets up in games two, they in his historically they'll sit their number one and then they'll go to their number two. And right now their number two is Kareem Hunt. Uh, he had a massive week. I think he was RB like five on the week. Um, looks good. And it's a juicy matchup here against the Jets. The Jets looked not great. Their secondary actually didn't look too bad, uh, especially Sauce Gardner. He actually looked pretty darn good. Uh, but their run defense is pretty abysmal. Um, so I think Kareem Hunt has an opportunity to punch one in early. Uh, he's also the receiving guy. So any sort of check downs that Jacoby Brissett seems to be kind of handing out like candy. Those are going out to Kareem Hunt. And then also garbage time. That kind of seems to be Kareem Hunt time historically as well, too. So this seems like another big week for Kareem Hunt. Um, after two big weeks, I might be looking to maybe flip that because 27 points and then another 20 point week is pretty good for cream hunt. You might be able to flip that into something a little more consistent. It's not a two headed monster. And that's something I would be wanting to do. Uh, but I think this seems like a pretty juicy matchup. And sometimes those ones that seem too good to be true, but that's something that I'm going to be looking to capitalize in the leagues that I own cream hunt in your sit of the week, Zach is as bad uh, as ballsy <laughs> as mine is. And it's funny because <laughs> I wanted to call this one, but I was too scared to, and I think mine might be just as ballsy, but we're we're swinging for the fences on our sits this week. So maybe let's go with yours first. See, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that assessment that this is this is ballsy. I kind of thought this was just like a honestly, I couldn't think of one to to put down. So I just kind of went, went with the obvious one in my mind. Um, maybe let's maybe I'll phrase that. It takes a lot of courage to do it because he was a third round draft pick. I, I suppose so. Um when you frame frame it that way, yeah, I agree. Um I don't know how you don't sit CD Lamb this week. I would have to have a very deep uh, bench and some very good options uh, for me to sit CD Lamb. But uh, in the one league that I have him in, I think I'll be doing just that. Um, not indefinitely, but just a week off. A wait and see approach. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, like, I don't want to be in the position where I start him and Rush has a awful game and Lamb gets three receptions on, like, five targets for 40 yards. <laughs> Is that the line he had last week? It feels awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be in a position where Monday or Monday morning or Tuesday morning after all the scores are finalized, I'm sitting there being like, well, I should have saw this coming. Like this was, this this was written on the wall. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. It just, oh, like we talked about this last year. Remember, it was coming down like this home stretch, the playoff stretch. We were throwing out some pretty risky names. I was like, it took a lot of guts to bench them, and it turned out to be the smart play. But we talking with Noah, even the uh, you know the author of our book, there, he mentioned sometimes you got to remove the emotion out of the equation and just do what's smart for your team. And it's, there's a lot of emotion that you drafted C Lamb in the third round. Some even people draft him in the second round, you know, it's, that sucks. It's week one. And now you're benching your player that you took in the second round. He's healthy. You should want to put him in your lineup, but that's just a smart play says, let's just wait and see. I, I think I agree with you, Zach. I'd rather see him put 18 points up on my bench than have him put up two points in my lineup. Yeah. And this is 40 minutes after I just said, hold on to him. Don't panic, sell him right away. But uh, I'm going to hold on to him just on my bench. Yeah, I agree. Before I go to my start of the week, he's made me think of something so funny. You remember how last week we're doing the news and notes, we talked about OJ Howard making a sign and we're just like, or making it signing with Buffalo. And we're like, yeah, we could probably just move on with this one. It's pretty irrelevant. And you're like, yeah, it's about as irrelevant as I can't remember what the even comment was, but we just kind of laughed and moved on. And then he puts up two tutties on like three receptions. And it's like tight end six on the week. <laughs> now it's just like the, the, the tight end landscape yeah. um, right now. Like if you're not one of the big two or three, there's going to be weeks where, yeah, OJ Howard with three or four receptions is tight end two. There's going to be weeks where Taysom Hill is tight end three. And Gerald Everett is tight end four. Like, just 
dumb stuff happens yeah. with tight ends. Yeah, Wiley texted me that this morning. He goes, yeah, I'm listening to last week's pod there. And yeah, so much for OJ Howard take, eh? Just a flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah, fair. I've had a lot of people mess me. Should I be picking him up? Is that my tight end I should be picking up? It's like, uh, it could be, but there's so much risk. No, I'm not putting my eggs in that basket. There's other guys that I'd be going in the waiver wire pool to be going after, but to each your own, if you believe it, you believe it. But I had to mention that before we went on because I thought that was super funny. No, you're absolutely right. Because, like, there's guys like Waller as, you know, seven on the week. Schultz is eight. Andrews at 10. Goddard at 11. Like, tight end is just so volatile. And, yeah. like, thank God for Travis Kelsey, I guess. And, um, and my goodness, from San Francisco, even play. So, there's a – Yeah, Kittle didn't even play. Yeah, Kittle. There's, there's somebody that – he plays, he's going to put up more than four receptions. Like he's just such a hyper target in that offense, but like Kyle Pitts tight end 31. Yeah. He stunk. That's super like, disappointing too, because Atlanta actually looked really good. He's two, two spots below Johnny Mund from Minnesota. You mean Kellen Mond, the guy they released? No, Johnny M U N D T. Just like, no no sniff no sniff. yeah like common household name yeah these guys i have there's like three or four guys that i can see here that i have never heard of <laughs> blocking tight ends that just happen to pick up a fumble or something like zach gentry do you sing for the zach brown band or are you a tight end <laughs> i don't know unreal um my set of the week this one this one is one i think that could come back and bite me in the ass but if you watch that dallas game Tampa Bay's defense is the real deal. They look super good. Not only, but I think it might be a twofold too because Dallas's O line is super bad. But if you watch the, um, I just mentioned Atlanta, how Atlanta actually looks pretty good. And uh, the Saints and Atlanta, they went back and forth, and the Saints had to come back in the fourth quarter to win that one because they were down by a significant amount of points in the fourth quarter. And um, I think he got one late in the third and then he got his second one in the fourth or something like that but mt got two touchdowns uh my set of the week is michael thomas uh wide receiver for the new Orleans saints um he's coming off the injury two touchdowns i just don't have confidence playing him against that tampa bay defense because they looked legit and when winston plays against legit defenses he throws a ton of interceptions and if they had struggles against atlanta's defense my goodness, it's going to be a bloodbath against Tampa Bay's defense. And this is one, too, where you put good draft capital MT. He had a great week. So, you know, math says put him right in your lineup. Look at that defense they're playing against and just play the matchups. Obviously, if I wouldn't sit MT and throw, like, I don't know, like DJ Chark in the lineup, you know, like that's not something I'd be doing. Obviously, you're still putting MT in. But if you have a viable option, I would be – hesitant to put MT in my starting lineup just because there's a good chance he puts up two receptions for 36 yards and and that's his day just because that defense looks super good uh I mean Armin didn't have any today obviously he took the day off there but anything maybe maybe in addition and add in there our our uh, Zach for maybe just to fill Armin's spot there or are you good with what we got uh well before we sign off here um just came across a tweet from uh, Ari, one of my favorite guys on Twitter, uh, with a quote from Gino. They wrote me off, but I ain't right back. What a line. <laughs> you think he's excited or what? No doubt. Like, oh, man. I remember him being in the, the draft room on night two of the draft and like, Frick, like 2016 maybe like i don't even know how long ago that was feels like forever ago and uh yeah like he, he's had a very tumultuous career um, 2013 oh my god well wow, that's why it feels like forever ago 39 like, overall of the jets yeah so yeah like good for him i guess uh surprised the crap out of me it only took nine years but he did it. <laughs> yeah. The uh, often overlooked year nine breakout. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. That is going to do it for this episode number 59 of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. 
obviously, hopefully you're off to a good start in week number one. I know it was obviously a pretty crazy week in all things considered. Uh, hopefully we get a little bit more uh, validity and consistency as we get into week number two here, but hopefully our start sits and some of our discussion around some of these injuries and breakout candidates, et cetera, are going to help you in week number two. Um, and hopefully maybe a little bit of Terry's bets and some of the prop bets and whatnot are going to help win you a little bit of money, but anything to add here, Zach, before we wrap things up? Oh, this was a, this was a good one. I'm uh, I, I, I don't know if I had more fun just ha having football conversations or just watching Wilson lose. I think that was pretty uh, unexpected, but I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. I, I should mention before this, like we recorded a little bit later, usually we're recording at halftime, but I had a fitness test before this. So I came in just super hot and I was just like, I'm going to take a second here. Cause I'm going to be just deep breathing into the microphone here. It's <laughs> like a kid over cake or something like that, but we made it through Zach. Nobody even nobody was the wiser. But uh, good luck in this upcoming week here, everybody. And honestly, enjoy the Thursday nighter because once again, you know, sometimes it seems too good to be true. You may win your week number two matchup in the Thursday night football game because it's going to be an absolute unbelievable football game. Two really good offenses, two of the best football or two of the best quarterbacks in football. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it. And it's on my birthday, so I got to watch football Thursday <laughs> nighter. Guaranteed. So no complaints in this cat. So. Um, that'll do it on behalf of obviously Armin, who I was unable to be here today, Zach, myself, Terry, and the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast, as well as 22 Fresher, major sponsor of the NFL season. Thank you very much for listening to episode 59, and best of luck in your matchups in week number two. Take care, everybody, and uh, let's talk soon.